0: J- jensen, jensen ackles aka dean
1: uh yeah so i insist that he can only be referred to by either jensen ackles or dean okay I he's dean not, yeah i don't i don't care what his character name is ostensibly <laughs> in the script we will refer to him solely as jensen ackles or dean i should also confess something i have to make a confession yes okay. I need Go for it. not cancel me um, <laughs> i need i need you to not drag me too much got it okay this is a this is a kind of exposing moment for me yeah but i have never never really? never seen supernatural
0: this this movie is pretty much an episode of supernatural that lasts a little <laughs> too long so you've, you've, you're officially in now
1: i've never seen supernatural but uh, honestly I, hope-
0: I think you would find it very interesting because it deals with a lot of like gothic religious themes uh, yes
1: yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, I was I was on Tumblr a lot a few years ago so mm-hmm. I actually know far more about Supernatural just without the context of having watched the show thanks, yeah. to, t- thanks to Tumblr
0: <laughs> yeah my, my first ever conference presentation partly dealt with uh, Supernatural so it will always have a place in my heart no matter how every season oh. is the exact same season
1: oh thanks Dean and, oh, Dean, from, Dean. and, and Dean from Gilmore Girls <laughs> it's dean and dean that's that is my frame of knowledge for supernatural um should we do an intro
0: i'll be cutting a lot of this stuff back into the episode because there's some good content here yeah
1: uh as all our our content is oh yeah all all of our
0: content is flawless all killer no
1: filler (laughs) right Uh, oh god uh let's do this let's do this yep all
0: right we're cursed let's go (laughs) Greetings, friends of the great beyond. This is your ghost, I mean host, ready to take you behind the veil of terror and leftist critique. Welcome to the Horror Vanguard. Welcome everyone to episode five of the Horror Vanguard. I'm Ash, and with me as I almost said my name wrong, I'm (laughs) Ash. And with me, as always, is the one, the only, the Liquor guy, John. Hey, how you doing? Doing, doing pretty excellent, as always. I've drank, I don't know, more coffee than is reasonable.
1: There, there is no upper limit. Come on, we we know this. We know this to be true. That's. There I think that's the- a,
0: You know, once you reach a certain point in academia, you kind of like unlock the ability to just pull coffee into your spirit. Yeah, absolutely. like it takes no physical room in my being. It just goes right to the soul.
1: Uh, if I stop drinking coffee, I'm going to have the caffeine headache that's been brewing for about 15 years. So
0: oh, I can't so, even imagine. You
1: know, I got to keep right in that wave.
0: Right. You know, you know, the key, the key is never come back down.
1: Yeah, 100 uh, percent. That is what makes us so productive.
0: As, uh, as academics, uh, I, I think we can all say when I'm fucked up, it's the real me
1: uh yeah that, that that seems right that seems right uh we feel in we feel in ready for february for the month of love
0: it is uh the greatest the greatest month of love i, I i'm ready i'm ready to spend the the month alone reading books
1: uh which is you know that's self self-love 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 <laughs> self-love which uh i think we need to be careful with where we're going with this line of conversation because that's a very different podcast that we, that we could be. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I'm totally no, up no. For, for, for pivoting. Yeah, the, the, horror, <laughs> the horror, the horror,
0: the horror vanguard is now going to pivot into like a, uh, I don't know, a very erotic podcast, like erotic <laughs> fiction.
1: Uh, I'm there. I'm I'm so there. I've been told. Oh, oh that my, okay.
0: We pivot and rebrand as the slasher fic vanguard. Ooh left is I like slash fic. It. <laughs> uh, There's <laughs> got to be some absolute
1: uh just red hot steamy material out there about Marx and angles. I'm convinced that that's true.
0: Have you have you watched any of that anime yet that the I think the Chinese government officially released as a propaganda piece? Yes. Yes. They they are so hot for each other in that anime.
1: It is it is so good it is i'm i'm not mad about it i mean i have studiously avoided having an opinion on anime on the internet for, <laughs> long, for a long time and all it took was the chinese government to make me have an opinion about anime
0: yeah it is i i honestly was shocked by how much i enjoyed it uh it's
1: it's it is it's what fun. i think
0: i will say is it's fun it's Sort
1: of inconsistent stylistically. It seems a bit oh, all yeah. over the place. Um, I'm not sure how uh, accurate the English subtitles were on the version that I found, but you know what? Yeah,
0: I did. I did watch like a YouTube rip, so I, I have yeah. not received my official copy from the Chinese state yet. Still waiting on that.
1: Uh, shocking delay.
0: Uh, shocking that neither delay. of us. It bad
1: as the getting the money out of Soros. That's that's what that is. Right uh but yeah we're gonna be an anime podcast now right oh yeah to- <laughs> just, totally
0: we have to we're just gonna we're just gonna talk about that anime for the rest of forever
1: or however many episodes
0: it runs but the- an- until, no! until they make the sexy youthful kropotkin anime
1: make a lenin anime <laughs> i want a lenin anime oh my god i would love that it would be such a good story Somebody make this happen. Somebody make me a Lenin anime. Now, that, <laughs> that is how I will become an anime defender. I'll
0: become an anime guy. You, you, you just need, like, the state and revolution, but it's anime this time?
1: <laughs> hey, it's a good way of propagandizing. Come on.
0: Speaking of be- the state and revolution, what movie are we talking about today?
1: <laughs> now, that's what I call a seg- segue. Segways are weird, guys. It is It was just a weird thing that we have to do.
0: That was Uh, was a seamless transition, by the way. Those two things are going to be totally related.
1: (laughs) What movie are we talking about? We are talking about uh, what we think is sort of an underrated cult classic. Yeah. We We are talking about 2009's 3D spooktacular My Bloody
0: Valentine. This this movie, so I first saw this in 2009 in the theaters in 3D and I had completely forgotten it and I was expecting it to be just total garbage, but there are aspects of this movie that I would describe as legitimately brilliant.
1: You know what? I, I could not agree more. I was expecting it to be like on the level of Rob Zombie's Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Ooh, that's cold <laughs> uh, you know what it is it is it's actually really fun this is a fun genuinely uh in some places like genuinely shocking uh gooey uh ball of excitement that is just sort of thrown at you on the screen
0: and and while it's doing that it, it manages to have a couple of really well thought out and well developed arguments within itself yeah, definitely. I mean, like it's not—it's not just straight popcorn.
1: No, no, that's true. There is something interesting going on here, and I think lots of people when they first watched it, it was one of the first films to be filmed in real three D. Right, one of the first R rated films to be. Filmed. Yeah, uh, and I think lots of people when they watched it for the first time, that was the thing that they all focused on that you know there are there are tree branches that come at you there are bullets there are
0: like 30 scenes of a pickaxe that kind of comes near you
1: (laughs) it's always fun it's always fun even when you're watching it on the small screen that kind of film work it holds up right it holds up remarkably well
0: yeah yeah i actually have like a i have the dvd (laughs) that came with the my bloody valentine branded 3d glasses nice And so so I have I have the pleasure of being able to slap on a pair of red blue 3D glasses and watch this at my leisure
1: in glorious 3D. Right. (laughs) So for uh, people who may not have seen the film, should we give a quick uh, rundown of what this film is
0: about? Yeah. Yeah. Here is the spark notes of the film.
1: As Uh, usual, spoilers definitely apply.
0: Yes. And and cowards pause now and go watch the movie. It's been out for ten years. Yeah, as 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 always, the movie that we're covering is 12, 12 million years old. was was found in ancient Greece. Why haven't you <laughs> seen this yet? Okay, take it away. Ash. So, so the plot of the movie: um, a bunch of teens get together at the local mine in a small mining town in Pennsylvania to party the night away. Our teens are quickly beset by a slasher killer wearing full like retro mining outfit who proceeds to pickaxe tons of them to death. The, the teens, uh, four of the teens, barely manage to escape, leaving Jensen Eccles, a.k.a. Dean Winchester, trapped in the mine with the killer. Uh, the, the killer is then gunned down by the local uh, police, mm-hmm. and, and Dean is traumatized. Uh, cut to a decade later. 10 years later the town has changed the weasley little teen boy is now sheriff axel married to dean's old girlfriend the proprietor of a local grocery store Mm -hmm. and dean has returned from a decade in exile to settle the affairs of his state and sell off the mine once and for all
1: uh we should point out dean is the son of the mine's owner right
0: Yes, Dean Winchester is the son of the <laughs> mine owner of the small Pennsylvania town. He's come back to kind of finally cut ties to the town and the trauma that he experienced there mm-hmm. and sell, sell off the mine. But the minor 49er from Scooby-Doo has returned and is, <laughs> is back and ready to kill. And then the movie, the movie gets underway. People, people start getting pickaxed. Uh, dean dean without the help of sam struggles to to you know pull this puzzle apart and we are Mm -hmm. along for the ride
1: yeah absolutely and as i said earlier i will reiterate that we will be referring to uh, dean as dean and or jensen ackles yes i have no i have no interest in whatever his character's name is in the screenplay this is jensen ackles or dean much as howie mandel is the star of gremlins Jensen Ackles absolutely. is the star of My Bloody Valentine.
0: Yeah, My My Bloody Valentine occurs within the supernatural universe, as do all of our lives.
1: I 100% concur with this.
0: Yes, good. This I'm, glad, I'm glad we could reach that. That this is this is an important. This this is a, this is like a Luxembourgian stance we're taking. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All Dean all the time.
1: <laughs> so. Uh, we sort of mentioned that this could easily just be, this could have been rubbish, right? This could have been like... Oh, yeah. It's, it's a remake of a not particularly good 1980s slasher.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a remake of like an old throwaway slasher. It, it's It was kind of built to be a vehicle to, to sell the emergent 3D phenomena. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And it's uh, just,
0: it could have been horrible.
1: But it's... It's actually really fun. It's actually really the 3D, fun. The three D effects are like shocking and interesting. They make some of the uh, on screen slashing like not just not just scary and impactful, but kind of interesting and give it a kind of energy that a lot of the remade slashes just don't have.
0: It 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 embraces the the inherent camp nature.
1: Oh yeah, of, this of like is, a three
0: this... D slasher movie.
1: The the only way this could have worked is if you leaned into just just how silly this is,
0: right? And they they lean as hard as you could possibly lean. Uh,
1: everybody makes the worst possible choice all of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there is there is no explanation given for some of the choices that they decide <laughs> right. to make. Yes, uh, lots of people run run away from a, a figure who only seems to move by walking, and they will. Full over literally nothing and it is <laughs> amazing <laughs> oh,
0: fantastic
1: all right but but let's let's kind of like let's put on a serious leftist theory hats let's
0: uh, do it let's do the horror of vanguard thing
1: let's it's it's our brand man we gotta own it <laughs> right uh so we said we said that this was good but it but this is not just popcorn disposable entertainment that's designed to get a few kind of jump scares out of you so let's let's dig into this what do you think is uh interesting or useful from a kind of leftist theory point of view about this film
0: so the the first thing i want to talk about is kind of the the overarching principle and that's that's the figure of the minor itself yeah you know the the minor not not only as like this iconographic piece of a a lost age of the american working class but but also a horror monster mhm yeah, yeah yeah and and the, the the central plot of this movie is you know dean dean is coming back to sell off the rights to the mine and everyone in the town is pissed off at him for it everyone at the local pub just, is just trying to start a fight with him you know the sheriff's mad at him. His old girlfriend hates him for it. Like everyone kind of despises him because he, him selling off the mine will be the death of the town.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is the end of a particular kind of working class existence, right? That's mm-hmm. this is what this film is documenting. The the property owner, the 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 sm- the small business owner rides back into town. And it's going to basically put everybody out of work.
0: Yeah. This movie is ostensibly set in like 2009. And, you know, rural mining towns are already pretty much obliterated at this point. Yeah. Uh, Often
1: overseen by politicians or by mine owners who very smugly tell mine workers that, hey, maybe they need to retrain. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Maybe they should learn how to code. Maybe they should... (laughs) So that's what he basically does. He comes back into town cuz his daddy has passed away and has left him the mine and he immediately wants to sell it to make some money. And he must know, right? He he was brought up in this town. He must oh, know. Yeah. That, he like, knows. Like he's ruined like not just the the employment prospects of presumably like hundreds of people, but he has like uh just demolished the kind of fabric of social life in this town.
0: Well we learn we learned from a bit of dialogue from uh Sarah Sarah Palmer played by Jamie King, that that if Dean sells the mine, the entire town is destroyed. The grocery yeah, store is absolutely. destroyed, all the miners absolutely. destroyed, the pub dies. Like uh, the,
1: if you want to see what that looks like, just look at what happened to, you know, northern towns in England Yeah. Uh, after Thatcher broke the miners' strike, after the pit closures. After the deindustrialization of vast swathes of the country, when you know not just people put out of work, but like communities just like decimated.
0: hmm It's the, it's you know it's been the same here in the Rust Belt in the United States uh, after deindustrialization, all of these towns are drying up. The only thing that I
1: think is missing from this film's depiction of uh, a mining town on the brink of disaster is there are no meth dealers in town. True. Yeah. <laughs> there's no meth and there's no oxycontin that's decimated, but because that's the other downside, you know, that's mm-hmm. the other, that's the other consequence of neoliberal deindustrialization is the absolute like colossal wave of uh, uh, of drug addiction that's that's just emerged everywhere. And you like you you. He comes back into town. And you're like Dean. This you you, you be, you're not just being like a bad son. You this is a this is morally this is a bad thing to do. You are a <laughs> bad person, Dean.
0: Yeah, yeah. Dean. Dean is definitely, and I think we'll we'll, we'll talk about the ending at uh, at the end of the podcast. But but Dean. Dean is definitely representing uh, uh like like one aspect of the terror here. He's like the he's the capitalist owner class. Yeah, and and without real concern for the lives of these people, is going to sell off the town and you know be imminently responsible for the deaths of hundreds and yep, and I, I mean li- literal death, right? Like we've been there's been a lot of buzz in the horror community lately over the the perceived fuckability of Netflix's Ted Bundy. Uh, yeah, yeah, I saw some of that. Yeah, yeah, it's been floating, floating <laughs> around the, a little bit, causing a little controversy there. <laughs> And and like like well, like one of, like one of the things I know is like sure sure that's horrible like he killed a lot of people definitely was a monster, but billionaires kill way more people. They're they're immediately responsible for infinitely more death. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. If Dean if Dean sells the mine, the entire town collapses, and and not all of these people are going to be able to move out of this rural community and escape nope. to a new life elsewhere. A lot of them are just going to die because of this.
1: Uh, but this is this is the the kind of conundrum for any like. If you think of like the situation of the working class at a particular moment, what you've got is uh, physically dangerous, um, desperately hard labour, or you've got the kind of existential collapse of like, well, who are you then if the mind disappears? Uh, This is why class consciousness is important. Come on, this is this is, this is this is what Marx talks about when he when he writes about the class. Uh, that comes to know it uh, comes to act as a class for itself. For right? itself, yeah. Where is where where are the union men? Where are the union men in this mine?
0: <laughs> right, yeah. The, the hero the hero shouldn't uh, have wound up being uh, sh- sheriff in security. It should have wound up being like like the, the the town's local union boss or something.
1: Yeah, it should have been the shop steward. It yeah, should have been yep. the, the union rep.
0: Yeah, the, uh, a, a union rep should have shown up and been like, "All right, miner forty nine er, you know you." <laughs> You're clearly in <laughs> violation of several parts of your union contract. It's time to go. <laughs> but uh, but, but once, I think I think you know p- part of the horror of the figure of the minor, and I mean like like I'm making minor forty nine er jokes, but like but like a, a kind of like a haunting figure of the miner has popped up a lot in like America in the American folk conscious. Yeah, hundred percent. And and like like there there are so many angles of this. That, you know, as we've been discussing, like there's the fact that like. You know, when, once once the once the capitalist class decides to withdraw from these communities, like they just leave devastation in their wake. Yeah. But there's also, yeah, like, yeah. you know, like mines were never good places to work. You know, no. like like it's not it's not enjoyable labor. You know, you die working down in those mines.
1: Yep, yeah, absolutely. And you know, if there is, if there is a unionized workforce, um, that will often be broken up. Yeah, usually be met with I mean,
0: violent resistance.
1: Yeah, historically it was broken up with violence. Yep. Uh you know, with Pinkertons, with spies, with cops, with
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh National Guard with guns. Like it was it was never a good thing, right? But it's become this valorized and um mythologized status of like uh honest work. And it's it's know? a way
0: it's a way for right-leaning capitalists to kind of consume the dialogue of class consciousness. And instead of it being about your class and your position in this economic system, it becomes about the literal job you were doing.
1: Yeah, exactly. The only reason, the only mm -hmm. reason that those working class jobs were, um, able to sustain families that were able to, um, kind of take care of communities was that they were like, it was, it was no, there a was union. a period of time when they were unionized, Yep. when there was a union that could like make the boss, give them working conditions that weren't going to kill them automatically. Like, you know, I, my, uh, my grandfather was a miner, and he, mm-hmm. you know, this is, this is the, the, a kind of unarguable truth that the only thing that made those jobs good jobs was the fact that there was a strong union presence. There was a strong, uh, collective organization, Uh, collectivized bargaining and collective action in the interest of not just individuals but of collective communities Mm
0: -hmm. where is the union (laughs) where is the union in this movie it should have been swooping in saving the day doing the good hard work that unions have to do
1: the, the capitalist owner class can't save you if a pickaxe wielding right. uh, miner in a gas mask turns up yeah their hired, uni-
0: hired police force isn't going to help you they're, they're just going to build the barricade around the mansion yeah you need a union man right <laughs> that, that i think is the ultimate lesson of this movie that if you want to defeat the the uh, minor 49er you want to stop dean from selling the mine you got to unionize.
1: You got to unionize. You got to
0: own <laughs> yeah. the product of your labor, man.
1: But th- this is this is so strange. Like to, to be talking about this film now in the kind of as a political configuration, right? When you've got a president who talks about we're going to bring back the jobs, yep. we're going to bring back, you know, and he's constant. Like in some of his speeches, he's constantly talking about miners, yeah, he's coal miners coming up to him crying about how happy they are that he's bringing back the jobs, uh, which is. Uh, one a lie obviously yeah, it's, just, it's flat.
0: he doesn't care it's just
1: and, and two it's a lie that's so unbelievable right <laughs> but there is this sort of obsession right with kind of like we're going to bring back the jobs but without the union protection without the collective bargaining that actually made those jobs kind of worth something
0: right yeah yeah there's the, there's the, there's the underlying we're going to bring back jobs you know, but not 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 the union protected jobs that you're able to sustain a family on. You're, mm-hmm. you're, you're now going to have to like, you know, j- JavaScript for some web developer and, and make like, I don't know, 30 cents an hour.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Mark Fisher talks about this in the introduction to um, the sadly unfinished acid communism. Where he says that actually the only the thing that we should really talk about when it comes to capitalism and labor is not that capitalism creates wealth. Capitalism is a choke. Mm-hmm. It is a chokehold on the natural production of what he calls red plenty. Like unionized labor managed to to make jobs that were uh, well paid, relatively secure. Um, they managed to muzzle capitalist interests for a little while. But when you break the back of the unions, what you get is you go, well, we're going to bring back the jobs. But what you get is like, you know, gig economy precarity and yeah. environmental yeah. protections that would mean miners die in methane explosions. Like, <laughs> capitalism does not create wealth past a certain point. Capitalism is 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 the chokehold on the productive potential of working class people. Absolutely. <laughs> and then John steps off his soapbox. No,
0: no, no. The, the, this, this, po- this podcast, like, what's, what's the point of podcasting if it isn't soapboxing? Like, this is the soapboxing of our present era. Hell
1: yes. Um, so, so I do think the class politics of this film are really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, is there There's uh, something else you wanted to talk about, right? Which is more to do with the kind of gender politics of this film.
0: Yeah, yeah. This this is this is something I want I want to get into because if you've watched this movie, there, there's a certain sequence of uh, of scenes that might stick out to you as being particularly uh, just asinine, and that's uh, that's in uh, yeah. uh, the Notel Motel. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. It's very uh, just. I'm just going to reiterate what we were talking about the the camp nature of this film right. It is... It is not something that can re- it doesn't really allow itself to be taken seriously. So set up the scene for us. So set up let the me, scene.
0: let me, let me, let me, uh, channel my inner Bob Ross here. You know, there are, there are no mistakes. These are happy little clouds <laughs> where we're in, we're in a greasy no-tell motel around Valentine's Day in, in, a, in a rural community uh a, a trucker who i am forgetting the name of off the top of uh, my head
1: frank i think i want to say frank uh, do you know who all right this is an amazing detail amazing detail do you know who plays the trucker the writer it's the writer of the film
0: he wrote his ass into the movie <laughs> it's, literally it's, it's
1: the writer of the
0: movie <laughs> fucking brilliant man uh incredible work in an amazing bit of self-insert casting right the best and we're gonna get into this in a little bit but but the best self-insert possible is having like comically over-the-top uh porno sex (laughs) with uh a character irene played by betsy rue And, Mm -hmm. and it is just just like the most unrealistic like people jumping up and down on top of each other screaming kind of like funny almost like like comical sex like this movie is camp and it knows it
1: yeah, absolutely. This is this is very like uh, exploitation cinema of the seventies. This scene,
0: yeah, but like, but where, self-aware, like, like there, like yeah, exploitative, even, but it knows there, it.
1: There is even one moment where Irene looks up, looks over at the mirror, and yes. comments on on how hot she looks.
0: Yep, <laughs> yep. And then, well, yeah. So so they they engage in a moment of passion. Uh, that, that's.
1: That's one way of putting it. <laughs> that's one way
0: it's one way of, be, of being uh proper about it I suppose. But um so as, as it turns out uh uh Frank the truck driver uh filmed the encounter. Uh, that's not cool Frank. Frank, that's not yeah, so th- that is not cool. So it turns out turns out that Frank is abusive and,
1: uh, and that's against, a, that's against a crime.
0: Yeah, that's that, that, crime. Is, that is a crime. Against the knowledge of Irene he filmed the encounter. And he kind of he kind of like throws a wad of money at her and he's like, oh, well, guess what you are now? And like walks away with with his prize. Mm-hmm. And Irene, in a moment of anger, justified anger, uh, grabs a gun uh, out of her bag, runs out and demands that she gets the tape back. Uh, at, you know,
1: at no point does she pause to put on clothes. Oh, and we'll get into uh, this. Yeah. We so will get she into runs- her nudity.
0: Wait, 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 hang on, hang on, um, hang on. I'm, I'm going to take that. Out. Delete this. Delete this yeah, editor. De- <laughs> don't, don't, don't leave that in. Don't. Why? Why would I use that as the clip for the trailer? <laughs> but um.
1: So but yeah, she, so she runs out. She's yeah. got the gun and she sort of confronts Frank. And then what happens?
0: Oh, and then and then uh, they both get pickaxed to death because it turns out that the uh, minor forty nine er was hiding in the truck cab the whole time. Uh, yes, uh, for
1: reasons Shrug. which. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. You Just you open your, tr- your 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 truck to get away from the the woman who's threatening to quite rightly shoot you, mm-hmm. and and you get back to death. Um, which is cool on the video camera that Frank is holding. Um, yep. So, what is it you wanted to sort of talk about with this? So, scene? I
0: kind of I kind of want to pick a lot of this sequence apart. I kind of want to. I, I really want to like. I want to. I want to. You know. I want to go deep in. I want to analyze this. As the kids say, we are going to hit the back walls of this scene, John. We we are going to to go we're deep. Going,
1: we're going in deep. We're going in. <laughs>
0: All right. Let's. Oh, this go podcast one. is rated R. Um. So 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 here's kind of what I want to discuss. Right. Uh, a lot of times in horror movies, especially horror movies, uh, you know, we we have this concept of the male gaze, and and, and the gist of the male gaze is that. The framing of the shot is perceived from the perspective of a cisgendered heterosexual male audience.
1: Yeah, the kind of scopophilia of mm-hmm. the movie camera, uh, originating from, of course, Laura Mulvey's yes. classic uh, film studies essay, uh, what is it, um, Visual Pleasure and Narrative Cinema, mm-hmm. which we will put in the show notes because you should all absolutely read it.
0: It is It is a key to to the study of cinema. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, yeah carry on so when when this sequence occurs and how this entire sequence plays out would be prime bait for male gaze to to just mm-hmm. absol- uh, Betsy Rue is the actress who plays Irene it would be like prime cin- cinema gold to kind of just physically you know objectify her objectify mm-hmm. her yep. during the sex and then again while she's running away uh, to go confront the truck driver but this this movie really doesn't you know the the angle for the sex scene is is a little high up, kind of kind of mimicking the mirror that Irene is looking into, enjoying herself. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a very flat shot. It's just a flat shot of the room with a slightly high angle. Mm-hmm. Um, later on, when she's running naked through the parking lot, we don't get like the. Uh, you know to, to drag in a term from the video game world we don't get like the slow motion jiggle physics scene <laughs> no we know we don't actually yeah and then one, one of like the the classic scenes or classic classic is a weird word for this but one of one of the most uh common kind of male gaze shots is when you when you want to do an establishing shot of a scene the left frame is usually a woman's ass and then yeah. uh blurry in the background on the right side is whatever you're trying to establish so in this case it would have been the parking lot of the no-tell motel
1: yeah, but we don't uh, get that. very, very kind of self referentially put into the op- one of the very opening scenes
0: of the cabin in the woods. Yep. Yes. Yes. Where and, you and like, like you know, we we can look at like all of this, like the makeup, the lighting. It's yeah, all yeah. it's all diegetic. Like none of this is kind of artificially sexualizing or highlighting um, Betsy Rue's body. And and it's. Uh, it's kind yeah, of, yeah, yeah. in a way, like I I, w- I would argue that this is a subversion of the male gaze. All of the nudity, n- nudity, wow, all of the nudity <laughs> here, um, it it is naturally occurring, right? This this is this is Irene's sexual pleasure, and then this <laughs> is Irene's attempt at justice and vengeance. Yeah, you know, yeah, the, totally. The 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 nudity isn't for our pleasure. It's tragic. Like she has to run out naked because this guy's about to drive away with a sex tape of hers.
1: Yep, you know absolutely. she doesn't have the
0: time to dress herself it's tragic that she's out there it's not for our titillation uh
1: and then we get the uh the emergence of our of our mysterious slasher killer mm-hmm. um and there's there I think that that sequence actually now that you mention it is is like really interesting from a from a scopophilic point of view yeah. right you know Frank has his video camera we watch their scene in a particular style.
0: Irene's and watching herself in a mirror that mimics the angle that we're looking at. And, of course, one of the key points is that D- the
1: reason that we see the scene is that Dean a- or oh, Jensen Ackles decides to stay at this motel on his mm-hmm. way back into town. And he gets put in the room right next to these two who are very vocally enjoying their time together, shall yeah, we say. They, they are loud. <laughs> they're a
0: loud couple.
1: And then he pauses at the window, right? So he's mm-hmm. watching them as well. There's lots yeah. of, there is lots of kind of interesting visual dynamics happening.
0: The, so, so kind of go, going off of this, there's a scene much later in the film, uh, set at the shop, where uh, the shop ran by Sarah Palmer, played by uh, Jamie King, mm-hmm. and uh, the minor forty nine er is attacking is attacking the shop, and he like he hooks Sarah. In, in in kind of like the uh collar of her shirt with his pickaxe.
1: Oh yeah. And then yeah, tears, tears open
0: her shirt. Any yeah, other yeah. R-rated horror movie, like like that, that would have been a gratuitous bit of male gaze fan service to, to yeah, show yeah. off the actress's breasts. But but this movie doesn't do that. Like, like it rips open her shirt, but underneath it she's just got another shirt. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. and it's it's yeah. like like I, I feel that this movie very intentionally is going out of its way to subvert what we expect in the male gaze. And I find that incredibly interesting because this isn't a, a, like a, a high culture piece. This is my bloody Valentine in 3d. <laughs>
1: yeah. Especially when you consider that all of the men in this film are just awful. Just, just the worst, just, just the worst kind of people.
0: Um, Sheriff sure, fucking and- Axel insecurity is the most fragile bro that has ever walked this earth. <laughs> He
1: he is he has married uh Dean's you know, teenage sweetheart, Sarah. Mm-hmm. They both stayed in town. Uh he gets like very alpha uh, wannabe territorial. You're when, looking at my girl Dean. You're looking at my girl dean when he comes back in. We've got the the the, the sex pest criminal, trucker yeah. Frank. We've got the the old uh sheriff and mine owner who are both revealed to be like corrupt and, and venal and yeah act in ways which are really stupid at lots of points and we have so i like, there oh go, go on so, i was just going to say you know like <laughs> the horror film you'd expect to be like pandering to to kind of r-rated teenage male fantasy actually shows uh, shows all of these all of these male figures as just like just just useless
0: just is, useless trench mats <laughs> And and one thing, like, so as the movie goes on, it builds tension because we don't know who Minor 49er is. We don't know who the killer is. There's a twist. Right. There's a twist at the end that is fucking awful. It's but, so bad. It's so bad. But prior to that, the, the movie's kind of establishing that it's either going to be Sheriff Axel and Security or Dean Winchester. One of these two men, like, we get a lot of scenes where, like, you know, we don't know what Dean's mysterious decade. Where's he been? And Dean Dean is very clearly heavily traumatized by the mine. Yeah, you know, every t- every and- time he gets near that, he needs to take a handful of medication just to bring himself back down.
1: Yeah, and of course, both of them are, are suspiciously absent whenever a uh, minor forty nine er a killer is on screen, yes, taxing
0: the world. And and we you know and for for Sheriff and security, it's it's his you know insecurity that makes him. Suspect, right? Like we we have yeah. the, we have the one scene where, you know, because Dean Dean never like, Dean Dean ribs the sheriff a lot because the sheriff is a total dickhead, and and, <laughs> and he'll be like, oh well, we all we all know that Sarah liked me better anyway, and she only got with you because I left, which you know, based on the movie, is ostensibly true. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That that Sarah settled for for Axel when Dean left town, like that's kind of like a fact of the film. Yeah, and and you know rather rather. A, 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 of saying something like, oh, well, you know, she married me, we're in love now, you know, sucks for you, guy who was gone for a decade. Every time uh, Axel's confronted, he's like, you mean my wife, who I'm totally <laughs> deep dick in every night? You know, yeah, it's it's the yeah. most, like, bro, kind of, like, mindless way to come back in that situation.
1: And, of course, that leads us to talk on uh, probably a, a fair, now what I think this film provides fairly compelling evidence for, right? Mm-hmm. Which is... The, the, what it sets up is a kind of triad between Sarah, between our uh, fragile sheriff bro with his bro beard, and, oh my God. and Dean Winchester, Denson Ackles, who yes. returns from town. And that is the homosocial triangle, right? Mm-hmm. And this, is, this comes from Eve Kosofsky, Sedgwick's landmark work uh, b- Between Men, um, where she kind of makes the point that there is a sort of... Uh, a kind of classic triangular structure to male bonding. You know, men have these kind of intense bonds with other men and there's always, but you can't do that because that's too close to, you know, actual same sex desire. Mm-hmm. So what you have to do is you have to filter that, that bond. You have to uh, displace it through the conduit of a third point, And that's usually a woman. So that like, uh really these two these two men are not fighting over sarah they're fighting over their 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 bond between each other yeah because it's not a coincidence and it's not being too freudian to say that like one of them does end up getting penetrated with a big pointy phallic object right
0: and that that's kind of like the one of the 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 classic analyses of of any of any horror genre is 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 not only not only the gaze who's looking at who, but who's penetrating who.
1: Yeah, absolutely,
0: absolutely. Yep. Um, yeah, totally. So
1: read Eve Sedgwick; uh, she was <laughs> she was right about so much, um, and it actually makes this film really interesting yeah. because there is a sort of there's a moment where the two of them have a. Sort of standoff, um, and our sheriff bro, you know, it's the classic standoff of who's really the killer. Sarah's got a gun
0: Mm -hmm. and
1: she's pointing it at the two of them, and our sheriff bro actually goes, "Shoot us both." Yeah, just shoot us, shoot us both. If if one of us, you know, if one of us is going to die, why not both of us? And I'm like, (laughs) oh, you know, if only they could, if only they could really talk about how they feel. Oh, we got to talk about why we're doing this film now, right? Oh, got to talk you're... about.
0: Yeah, okay. So let's. Let, that, that's a good. That's a good transition. T- talking about their kind of like homosocial relationship as and how it's filtered through their romantic interests, because we are talking about this on the most romantic day of the year. This is Indeed this is our Valentine's Day episode. We are.
1: Indeed, we are. And I think we should we should maybe talk about why horror is such a good thing to watch if you want to get in the mood if you want to get in the mood for love why should you watch a horror movie why should
0: you watch this horror movie why should you watch any horror movie so so i want to come at this from a very like loveless and bland um, <laughs> like form formalist angle of analysis and that's by looking at the f- like um so so kind of in all media studies, there's the idea of form and content. Mm-hmm. Content can be generally thought of as what is this thing about? You know, mm-hmm. like the content of My Bloody Valentine 2009 is Minor 49er, Dean Winchester, Slasher Killing. Like that's the content. It's the story. But the yep. form is the physicality of it. What kind of film was this shot on? What kind of cameras were used? What are the limitations of those things? That's traditionally how form is discussed mm-hmm. One thing that usually gets left out of form but is nevertheless incredibly important is how it's being consumed by the audience. How are we viewing this piece yeah 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 and and like you know like this movie was meant to be like a social outing like this this is this is kind of a raucous three d film. You're meant to see this in a theater with people having, you know, like these these physical reactions together. Whether it's like you're being grossed out over the over like gratuitous violence that's in a lot of these scenes. There's a lot of like like, you know, like there's there's some stagehand throwing two gallons of blood after somebody gets stabbed. <laughs> yeah, and then, yeah. but then it's also it's, like it's s- squishy, <laughs> right? It's This is a gooey film. <laughs> but it's also like really ridiculous right so so you're gonna be there laughing you're gonna be grossed out like this movie wants to engage with you physically it wants you to react Mm -hmm. and i think that like like you, you don't you don't get that during action action doesn't want you to do this you know it might get your blood racing a little bit during a tense sequence but you know action is a it's a genre of spectacle not very physical genre yeah absolutely uh, and horror is absolutely designed and filmed and produced
1: mm-hmm. to maximize its affective impact, right? It's, yes. It wants to, it wants to do things to your body. <laughs> <laughs> it wants to, it wants to make you jump. It wants to make you kind of flinch. It wants yeah. to give you goosebumps or like make you feel sick or make you look away. Mm-hmm. You know, horror is, is designed to be physically, uh, affective. And, um, and that's why we like it. That's why people who go to see horror films love that kind of communal experience. Yeah. Um, you come and, out of a horror like I love Roger Ebert's quote that you come out of a good horror film and you feel glad that you're alive. Yeah. Because.
0: <laughs> and then I think I think beyond that too, we have we have also like kind of these metaphysical links between like the the gore and violence of of the slasher, the penetration. And like, you know, the physical closeness and sex and the the terror these characters feel as heightened states of emotion.
1: Yeah, sex and death, man. That's what yeah. horror is, is all about at the end of the day, sex and death. And both of those things are about going beyond the limits of ourselves, right?
0: Mm-hmm. They're
1: about they're about going beyond our own kind of physical limits and our, our, our affective limits and our experiential limits, you know that's why we feel uh, that kind of the intense pleasure of of consensual carnal enjoyment with mm-hmm. another partner or multiple partners uh, yeah. and why we have the kind of fear of death both of which are these are limit states and uh, that's what horror is very good at provoking
0: mm-hmm.
1: taking you up to the you know existential or affective cliff edge and letting you sort of dangle a foot
0: over. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I, th- I think that that's why that's why there's so much in, especially the American popular conscious of, of of having like horror as the movie for like date night, and like you know like they're they're at they're at like the drive-in and they're not watching like Benny Hill, they're watching like. You know, like the 50 foot woman or them or like, you know, like any <laughs> giant monster flick or like, yeah, yeah, yeah. there are so many lead ins where it's like the two teens are on the couch late at night and they're they're watching some old slasher movie. They're they're, they're not <laughs> watching like, yep, <laughs> I don't know. Apocalypse Now.
1: <laughs> no, no. And you don't watch action because action is offend like that kind of spectacle is designed to like blast you into submission. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. you know you're not you're not supposed to be able to look away whereas horror wants you to look
0: away it wants yep. you
1: to jump it wants you to kind of coil back against the the the, the warm the other warm body in the room
0: I, I don't think it's controversial to say that all other genres kind of want to encourage in you some kind of submission mm-hmm. Where com- comedy comedy wants you to be so comfortable you can unwind and laugh yeah, you know, a- action action wants you glued to the screen to see what's going to blow up next.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. And even
0: even like you know, paradoxically, romance as a genre of film it wants you lulled into the fantasy. You
1: mm-hmm. know, romance yep. doesn't
0: want you to, and rom coms don't want you to experience romance yourself. They want you to be like, oh, wouldn't it be great if that. You know, like like handsome and chiseled but off-putting and emotionally unavailable businessman really saw the good qualities in me, this humble owner of a bake shop? Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> That's a very specific scenario you've got there. <laughs> it's the it's the, like it's the
0: plot of like eighty percent of of like throwaway rom com movies. At least now we know what Ash is looking for. <laughs> I legitimately watched every single Christmas themed rom com I could find on like Netflix and Hulu and Amazon over over this last holiday season. But
1: but I think you're right. I think you're right. Horror doesn't do any of those things. It doesn't want to um it doesn't want to render you passive. Yeah. You no, know, it wants you to react. It wants to like I say, horror wants to do things to your body. Yes. And some of those things uh hey, you might even enjoy them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, on on that note, John, my yes. my most beloved of co-hosts. Do you want to play a game? Let us play a game of fuck Mary Kill. <laughs> That's good. Okay, our, our uh our contenders are Sheriff mm-hmm. Axel, yep. Dean Winchester as he appears yep. in uh, My Bloody Valentine, right, <laughs> and or a guy who is 100% always in a killer miner costume and never speaks.
1: <laughs> I, I, I think I. That's really tough because See, yeah,
0: this is a tricky one.
1: This is really hard. How do I find a way through this? Because <laughs> uh, one is one is one is a capitalist business owner who wants to Ooh, lay off his okay. workforce. One is a cop. And they're just bad, yep. <laughs> axiomatically. And um, you know what? I would uh, – the, the minor costume, I, I mean, maybe I would be into that. Maybe I would be – I could get on board with a with kind of role play thing. Oh, true. Yeah.
0: Find out something um, new.
1: Yeah, that, that would be a new – I'd be open to a new experience uh, <laughs> that way. But otherwise, I don't know, man. What about you? All
0: right. So so for me, for me, I feel, I feel that like – um, I'm going to go I'm going to go fuck uh, the guy who is 100% always in a killer minor costume for the exact same reasons that you outlined. Why not? You it's a new what? experience. Sure. Maybe try, any,
1: try anything
0: once. Maybe I'm <laughs> like, what, what's what's like? What's like the killer minor equivalent of a furry? Maybe I'm into that. <laughs> no, no kink, shame in here. Only respect. That's fine. Abs- GGG. Abs- absolutely. Uh, 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 kill kill Axel good choice solid solid choice he he is uh just just too wildly insecure you know it's so
1: so much toxic masculinity happening right there
0: and 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 uh as we find out in the end of the movie dean is uh criminally insane and is in fact uh a slasher killer but i I still think he'd be a better long-term commitment partner than axel Axel, axel's gonna cheat on you
1: Oh, yeah, as he does in the course yeah. of this film.
0: Um, there's, there a lot is, of, um, there's a lot of infidelity in this film. There's Axel, there's the truck driver. We see him putting on a wedding ring. Terrible men. There's, there's, terrible, terrible men. Dean is trying to actively split that marriage.
1: Yep. Uh, t- turns out this film thinks that, that men are bad. <laughs> yeah, say <laughs> the least. Should, we should abolish them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Hashtag cancelled. <laughs> Absolutely, um, but yeah, this is that.
1: That is a very good answer to the question. That is a good answer to that game. <laughs> but there is, there is, there is that that kind of Scooby Doo moment where we literally see uh, the miner pulling off his face mask. Yeah, and underneath the mask, let's see who it was. It was Dean Dean Winchester. <laughs> uh, so that is the twist ending, and it is. It is
0: not good. It is not no, a good twist. No, it is. Honestly, if it, if it weren't for that, if, if that twist ending would have resolved or not been there at all, yeah, th- this I, movie would have been brilliant. Absolutely. So absolutely. so so kind of like how, how I read this film and how it kind of sets itself up up until that twist ending, right? Mm-hmm. Um, up, up until kind of like that showdown where Sarah's got the gun and she's trying to figure out who the killer is. And like so, so how this movie's been resolving for me is that Sarah is kind of the character that is the embodiment of the, this this kind of like rust belt post industrial community. Yeah. You know, she you know, she, she uh, you know, like we we have like very literally she she's a woman, she's a mother, mm-hmm. right? You know, gener- a generator of life, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she runs. She runs the grocery store, the thing that feeds the community. Yeah you know and and she she's the one who's who is at several points brought up the fact that like if the mine dies the town dies. Yeah. You know she, she's kind of the iconography that represents the working class, the town, the community. Mhm. And she's trying to figure out which of these two forces is worse. Kind of uh Sheriff Axel who is you know like like this toxically masculine ball of fragility who represents the lapdog of capital uh, and who is
1: cheating on her
0: with somebody that she is forced to work with. Yeah, and she knows too. She—it's not just something we're privy to, as an as the audience with, with our omniscient view. She knows as a character, which is tragic.
1: Yeah, uh, because you know, yet more evidence that men are just garbage.
0: To to quote Blink One Eighty Two, she's keeping it together for the kids.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I love that. This episode, we have referenced Eve Kosofsky-Sedgwick. Yes. Uh, Laura Mulvey. Absolutely. And the, the other pioneering scholars of leftist horror film analysis, <laughs> Blink-182. Blink oh, oh,
0: yeah. Damn it. Um, we're, we're, we are on brand. We're in- so good at this. We're so good at this. We have a consistent brand. <laughs> <laughs> Um But, but she's, she's trying to decide. Okay, so, so we've got uh, uh, Sheriff Axel, who is... Uh, you know this patriarchal force of insecurity the 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 kind of handpicked servant of capital in the state mm-hmm. and we've got we've got Dean Winchester yep who who represents you know like the the owner class the people who can kind of just decide on a whim if the entire town dies or not yep absolutely. And, and she's trying to resolve which one of those two forces. But then, yeah, yeah whatever. Dean's just crazy. We're just going to make this like an ableist thing and blame it on his mental illness. He's got split mm-hmm. personality, whatever.
1: Boom. Cop out.
0: Cop yep. just out. Just throw it away. Just throw it away right there at the
1: end. Uh, I mean, you wouldn't even have to have changed a great deal because... No, you
0: just changed that last scene.
1: Because uh, she she shoots uh, at Dean and there's that amazing tracking
0: shot of the, oh, bullet, the
1: bullet, yes, when goes through him. I, I it, don't know
0: about you, but I ducked. I felt like that bullet was coming yeah, at me.
1: Uh, which, which uh, and then he, it goes through him, and it blows up a gas canister, and like the mine blows up. Uh, mm-hmm. Which you know, that's that would be that would be an appropriate ending for for Sarah to make the choice that actually you refuse the choice that's being yes. offered. Yes. Um, and you 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 put a bullet through it.
0: <laughs> yeah, she she elects to save herself, i.e., the community, and ends the two forces that are oppressing them. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And at the same time, destroying the mine, which has also been like the site of so much death and trauma, uh,
1: and actually would give a ch- the town a chance to sort of heal a little bit.
0: Yeah, but no, whatever. But no. What a turns twist! Out, Dean Dean's crazy. Out. He's just crazy. We're just we're just gonna blame blame mental illness. That, that'll Again, probably, probably, honestly, one of horror's worst reoccurring tropes. It's constant,
1: constant ableism towards yeah. the neurodivergent, uh, which is not okay.
0: Yeah, not uh, do better horror movies.
1: There's there's enough there's enough uh, violence and monstrosity in the world for horror to choose from, rather than sort of pinning it on people who are often. Uh, so often the victims of that horror and and, and violence and
0: discrimination and like like just, just look at like how much better this movie would have been if it wouldn't have done that twist and yes, th- think about like other high water like like get out. Like Jordan, yeah. Jordan Peele's film. Imagine if that movie had end, ended and, the, and it turns out that the main character was just crazy the whole time and none of this was happening and it was like it was his internalized fear. Yeah, something he like that. imagined it. It would have been so... That movie oh. would have been garbage because of it. It would have been thrown oh. away but by committing to to an analysis of these real scary things you know, the, the medium is elevated.
1: <laughs> That's what gothic Marxism gets you, directors. Right. So, um, so yeah, um, disappointing twist but good a- on absolutely. Sarah for... But- for making the best possible choice
0: one thing one thing i do want to bring up uh and a, a recurring piece of imagery in this film kind of stuck out for me so so um after after uh, the truck driver is killed by minor 49er and irene is escaping she uh and it's wor- i think it's worth pointing out that betsy rue the actress who plays i uh, plays irene chose to do all those shots totally naked Right. Okay. The, the original the original uh, script called for her to like wrap um a, it was like a bed sheet around herself during the entire sequence. Right. But she just wasn't feeling it. She she just couldn't act the character well in the bedsheet, so she just chose to be fully nude instead. Right. Okay. Good call on her part. But yeah. well, you know, when she's escaping, um there there's a sequence where the miner's trying to find her and she's hiding under a bed. The miner uh w- winds up realizing she's under there and throws the mattress off the bed. And the way the shot is framed, the uh, bed frame looks like a cage.
1: Yeah, and she's later yeah, pinned
0: yeah. against the wall with the cage of the bed frame, kind of, kind of trapping her in the wall. And the shot really goes out of its way to make it look like a cage. Mm-hmm. And later in the film, we get a lot of sequences in the mine, and including an intended, sequ- uh, an extended sequence where Dean is trapped in a cage. Yeah. And I think that this movie is kind of using this uh, reoccurring imagery of a cage kind of as a metaphor for all of the things that, like, imprison us on a social and structural level. Ooh, interesting. The the naked woman in a cage while the hyper-masculine force is trying to penetrate her to death. Mm -hmm. The the, uh, neurodivergent man trapped in a cage. Yep. You know the with the working class people of this town trapped in the cage that is the mine. Yep. 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 Yeah. Yep. I'm I'm, I'm on, board. <laughs> I am, I am on board with this analysis. Oh, and something I, I forgot to to bring up earlier: the only moment of gratuitous nudity nudity that, that that I would count as some kind of fan service in this movie is of the truck driver. Of, oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 like the, there's this whole scene where he's he's facing away from 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 the camera flexing to, to get the best possible shot of his ass. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it's just like there you go audience. We know what you came here for.
1: <laughs> you wanted some gratuitous nudity?
0: Well, here you go. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you, you you were saying before I had to bring up that trucker's uh uh like muscular buttocks.
1: Uh I really like that analysis. I'm totally here for it. The 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 horror of uh, the cage actually is a really good way of reading this film Mm -hmm. and the kind of need. I mean, I do wish that this film had the kind of courage of its convictions to stay away from that twist and to, to actually go right. What does it take to liberate ourselves, to, to act in our own collective Mm -hmm. self-interest, to bring a kind of class consciousness to the surface and to, and to deal with, those who would imprison us, for for whatever uh, reason they might have, how do we how do we not just save ourselves, but how do we save everybody? How do we save all of the people around us? Yeah. How do we save our our comrades and and colleagues and community members?
0: Oh, and there's 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 another cage too when they were um, escaping. Minor forty nine or in the grocery store.
1: Yep. Yeah. Another cage.
0: Yeah. Another. It's, uh, it's, you uh, know, another our, cage our food on the production system. <laughs>
1: a cage on the window when they're trying to they they yeah. do all the right they do all the right things they barricade themselves in they they block through the the door that he's trying to break down with his pickaxe and turns out that the window is caged too
0: mm-hmm.
1: so even in those those menial service jobs they're they're a new kind of cage
0: oh this movie see this movie is way way smarter than anyone has ever given it credit for yeah, Hell and I'm yeah. just gonna I'm just gonna <laughs> check really quickly what what it's like, what, what what are the aggregate scores for this for this film? So what we've got here, uh, it's got a 5.5 on IMDb and a 60 on Rotten Tomatoes, which is a fucking crime. You all are sleeping. Who who uh, who are, I don't my even bloody, want to know who wrote these reviews. On
1: my Vladi Valentine, 2009. <laughs> Dean Winchester's finest cinematic outing.
0: Right, this this is a high water mark for for Dean, and I think I think establishes a lot of his character, especially in the extended supernatural universe. Mm
1: hmm. hundred percent. This is I'm gonna have to watch Supernatural now.
0: <laughs> You're pr- probably gonna have to watch at least one episode of Supernatural, and, and not just like <laughs> Tumblr Supernatural slash fic. Uh,
1: all right. Don't. <laughs> oh oh, oh. <laughs> Um.
0: Which, yeah. which, honestly, some of the Tumblr Supernatural slash fic is canon in the Supernatural universe now. I respect that autistic choice. So so it's good. It's worth it.
1: Ten out of ten. So, so yeah. Watch, watch a horror movie this Valentine's Day with uh, all of the people you want to be close to. Absolutely. And, and enjoy the affective pleasures and thrills of uh of of watching a watching a hell of an experience and you could do a lot worse than watch this uh
0: yeah you could do way worse than watch this because because there there's actually a lot going on with this right there there's a lot to think about in, in this movie and, and i know i know at least, at least for me personally i could go for another couple hours on this one
1: yeah totally like, we
0: no um, no straining the intellectual faculties to find stuff in this movie there there's a lot going on here yeah yeah so 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 walking walking away from this film, I, I have a lot to think about in, in terms of class in terms of gendered violence and in terms of resistance to these things, especially. Mm-hmm. and and I think one of one of the things I'm definitely gonna walk away from is, from from this film thinking about is how how clever a lot of this film was and in, in kind of confronting. A lot of the tropes and standard, you know, de rigueur things of the horror genre,
1: and having fun with them, right? Right, and, 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 and the
0: fact that that it, th- this movie doesn't make that resistance a chore. It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't make it boring or painful. It makes it just kind of silly,
1: and a little bit. It's a little bit goofy. It's a little bit. It's very camp. Oh yeah, but if if you if you will, yeah. Give it, give it a watch. It's fun, and it has some. It will make you think some things about uh, class consciousness, about about uh, working class labour, about just how much men are garbage, trash people.
0: <laughs> 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 yeah. And, you
1: know uh, how much Dean from uh, Dean from Supernatural looks good with a pickaxe.
0: <laughs> yeah young young dean young 2009 dean he was he was just a boy then uh,
1: the, the 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 dreamiest minor 49er of them all <laughs>
0: right like I, I, there, there, there are i think one of the big failings of this film is there are a lot of sequences where they, they try to make dean look a little menacing mm. and like dean dean's just too pretty to menace yeah absolutely
1: to you like the clenched jaw and the glowering there right. but like like, he's a very pretty man. He can't do that. He can't right? do that. I, I, don't, I, just, I don't believe this. I,
0: I, I keep I keep expecting him to look into the camera and, and be like, when I want to impress the one I love, I use Minor, the new scent by Dean Winchester. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, this room is no, amazing. <laughs> this has been a
1: lot of fun. This mm-hmm. has been a lot of fun. It's a very but fun episode. We've made a good case for why, you know, uh, when if you're looking to to do something for date night, watch watch a horror movie together. Yeah. Enjoy the enjoy the scares uh, and uh, yeah, see what happens.
0: <laughs> right. And when you're done, when you when you when you're done uh, with your romantic evening of, of pickaxe killing miners, mm-hmm. uh, you know, put put on your favorite uh, podcast distribution service, listen to our dulcet <laughs> tones, lull you deep into a romantic state. And then and then right right at that high, that special moment, that climax, if you will, hit the subscribe button on our Patreon <laughs> and and you and your partner and or partners will be launched into an ecstasy from which you will never recover.
1: Oh, this, this episode has been uh, it's been fun. Rem- remarkably horny. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right, yeah, this is too, too horny on main with this episode. This. Just,
1: just stop it! I'm gonna, <laughs> go over to your place and pour cold water on you. <laughs> but in, uh, but thank you, thank you as always. Yes. Uh, for for listening. If you enjoy this, please do think about subscribing to us on Patreon. That is Patreon.com/slash Horror Vanguard. And you may want to do it this coming month because we have got some very spooky uh, spine gang related news. For all of our supporters uh, and new ways to, to engage with what we're trying to do here.
0: Join the spine
1: gang. Join the
0: spine gang. Ah. Mm-hmm. Post Spine, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: uh, otherwise, otherwise, otherwise do follow us on Twitter at horror Vanguard. Uh, Ash and I are both uh, posting working in the content minds of the online universe. <laughs> We 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 Neither. both we both have content
0: long at this point.
1: <laughs> we are irony poisoned and have content long. But we are we are there every day putting in shifts at the coal face of content <laughs> on 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 the on the bird site, which is bad and terrible, but we're we're still there. But thank yep. you so much for and thank and until you. next time. Stay spooky everybody.
0: Thanks for tuning in, creeps and comrades. And remember, stay Stay. spooky.